Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back, everyone. Hour number two of KMOX is at your service here on a Thursday night that, uh, well, it's supposed to get a little little sloppy here tomorrow morning or so. Uh, we're going to have some fun going all the way till 10 o'clock tonight and uh, trying to make uh, contact here with uh, with our other guests. But I want to talk a little about uh, your car, and I want to talk a little about the weather that's coming up. As you heard me talk about before, hey, you want to make sure that uh, your wiper blades are good. This is something that many people don't realize until the bad weather hits. Make sure that they are, that you change your wiper blades. All your lights work. The wiper blades are only good for about six months. So let's do that. Well, folks, let's bring in our next guest. History was made tonight. That's right. History was made tonight. Uh, Incarnate Word Academy has now broken the state record for most consecutive wins with 124 wins tonight. And Coach Dan Rolfus has been kind enough to uh, join us here on the program. Dan, thanks for uh, hanging out with us a little bit tonight. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. So how does it feel to have the state record for most consecutive wins in a row? 124. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of surreal. Um, and just kind of a testament to, uh, you know, our program in general. Um, you know, what I love, what I love about the, the streak, it's, it's not just one individual or one particular team. It's multiple kids, um, multiple teams over, you know, course of a, a four-year period of time. And, um, and I think, you know, everybody involved from the, the, the kids to the, you know, to the parents, to the administration, to the student body. I mean, everyone feels a sense of pride, and that's, that's what I love about it. Well, Dan, I have to ask you, how much pressure was it when you guys were starting to get close to the state record, I assume you guys, you probably didn't talk about it uh, superstitiously wise, but you, 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 everybody had to feel it. Yeah. It's kind of one of those things where you say, Hey, you know, you got a no hitter going. Uh, so we, you know, we <laughs> right. didn't, um, it, you know, it really, it, it never really came up. Obviously the kids knew about it. I knew about it. The parents knew about it. Um, and mostly because of, of, you know, the media asking questions and, um, you know, as we get in closer. Um, but we never really said, hey, we have to, you know, we got to win tonight to keep the streak going. We just, it just, it, you know, we played our schedule and kind of let the, the chips fall where they, where they may. And, um, and, you know, we just, we just talked about 
you know, getting better as a team every day. And, and if we get better and practice and do certain things, we'll be successful in games and just kind of kept the focus that way. Uh, but we never, ever really talked about the, the, the streak as a team until tonight. Well, Dan, you guys, uh, you and the team's been down here before with me and uh, several times talking about the state championship wins. Uh, you you have such a great program. What is the secret to your success? Obviously, the state championships, but now the consecutive wins. You know, your your team, to me, it, it they're not flashy. It's like everybody comes, they put on their hard hat, and they just go out and do their business. Yeah, no, I, I think you hit it on the head. Um you know, very rarely do we have just like an unbelievable superstar that's scoring twenty something, you know, a game for us. Um, I think the secret is everybody does their, you know, does their job, plays their role. You know, whether you know roles is being a rebounder or a defender or you know maybe a scorer. But I think the secret is just everyone buying into you know what's best for the team and what's going to make us successful, and um, kind of putting their ego aside and. And, and and just doing what we need to do to win games, and um, it, you know the you know the the positive thing that that we have going for us is you know our practices are are challenging, um, and it's just so great to see you know the young kids improve over four years, and you know when you're a freshman you're getting guarded by a, a you know a Division one player, and if you're not <laughs> on your A game that practice you're going to get eaten alive, so. You know, every day the kids got to compete and, and play and practice. And so I, I think that what, you know, just keeps the, you know, us consistently strong. Well, I think one of the uh, keys to probably your success is you guys go out of town to play. I mean, you've been 10 different states. You played multiple state champions uh, that have won their state championship before. And it's just like you just go and you compete. Again, you just do your business and get it done. Yeah, I, you know, I know, um, you know, when I first got this job, maybe not right at the beginning, I, and I've been here for 24 years, so I'm just, I love to see, you know, the, you know, our, you know, the success of our program, because I've put a lot into it, um, but, you know, early on, I, you know, I wanted to travel, I wanted to get out of town to, you know, one, I think it's a great bonding experience for our kids, just to, you know, to be on our own, and, and, and eat with each other and share rooms and just kind of share those bonding experiences. Um, but if you're going to be successful, you know, the state tournament's not in St. Louis. So you're going to have to learn how to travel and, and do a walkthrough in a different gym and prepare on a one day, um, one day turnaround. So, um, you know, we've been doing that for the last, you know, 15 years or so. And, um, and it's been great. And, and then also, you know, just get to see teams from, you know, all over the country and different styles of play. So, you know, we feel like by the time we get to the state tournament, we've kind of seen every style that we could possibly see and, and we're prepared. No, absolutely. You talked about division one players. Uh, I want to throw a couple shout outs. How about uh, uh, Natalie Potts, uh, big, big incarnate word mentioned there on the big 10 network. She won, uh, she won freshman of the week in the big 10 as well. And also, uh, you know, Zaniah Taylor, uh, down at Kentucky as well. Yeah. Yeah. It was so funny. I just, uh, Natalie just FaceTimed us. So it was to congratulate us. So it's great. Um, and that's what I love about the streak because, you know, we got kids that are, you know, seniors in college who were a part of this streak and, and they wanted as, 
bad as, <laughs> you know, the kids who are playing. So it's like the kids who are playing right now, you know, are really playing for all those kids who are, you know, been gone for, for years. So, um, and that's what I think is so cool about the streak. And then, you know, and I also love to see, you know, our, our kids go on to the next level and, you know, like Natalie, you know, beating Iowa, um, you know, on Sunday and her, you know, being in there at the end and counting on. And it's just, um, it's just an awesome feeling just to see our, our girls on the national stage and have some success. Absolutely. Well, Dan, uh, I want to uh, say con- continue success. You still have more of the season to go before the uh, tournament starts. We're going to have you guys back down again and uh, talk about the season at the uh, at the end, if that's okay with you. Yeah, sounds good. You got the elevator fixed for us. I got the <laughs> for folks folks playing the home game. We had a we had all the uh, girls down here last year. Uh, on the program and uh, got in the elevator and the elevator got stuck and had to call the fire department and everything. It was that was good team bonding for That's us. Right. So it was all good. That's right, exactly. Well, yeah. Dan, thanks appreciate so... you following, Greg. Thank Absolutely. You. Thanks so much, and uh, we'll talk soon. Okay, sounds good. All right, fantastic, Thank folks. That's our that's head coach Dan Rolfus from Incarnate Word Academy right here in St. Louis. New state record. That's right, girls basketball new state record. 124 consecutive wins. This is KMOX is at your service. We're going to change it up a little bit, and we're going to bring in hospice. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. First Julie, that's right. She's going to join us coming up next. Welcome back, everyone. 919, your time right here in the heart of Mid-America. Greg Damon sitting in with you till 10 o'clock tonight. Our producer, Ethan, kicking out the jams. A little Ted Nugent going on there uh, tonight to bring us back. Well, folks, I got to tell you, I am so super excited for our next guest uh, to come on. She's been on with us before, but uh, if you watch Reels on Facebook, if you watch uh, TikTok, if you watch any of those, I'm, I'm sure that you've seen some of her videos, probably some of the most informative uh, videos or TikToks or shorts or whatever whatever the kids are calling them these days. It's hospice nurse Julie, and uh, Julie McFadden joins us here on the program. Julie, thanks for uh, staying up late and hanging out with us. 
Hello. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I, as I said, I love I love your videos and stuff. Now let's just get into it. Hospice Nurse Julie, uh, that's what you go by, and you really talk about death and dying, the dying process. You're a hospice nurse, and I think you bring a lot of stuff, a lot of information to people that really don't understand the end of life or when somebody gets put into hospice. Uh, myself, we had... Uh, uh, both my mother-in-law and, and aunt-in-law last year, uh, that that they end up passing away, but they were in hospice uh, before that. And, and watching your videos really helped me out personally, really kind of calmed me and, and, and let me know what's going on and what's normal and what's, and what's not normal. Exactly. Exactly. Greg, I mean, that's perfect. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm here for. I, I, I mean, I started posting a little over a couple of years ago, uh, just in hopes to educate anyone that would listen. <laughs> and and to my surprise, you know, I didn't really think many people would because uh, you usually mention death and dying or even even when I say I'm a hospice nurse, most people kind of look at me like, Ew, you know, they don't want to talk about it. Um, right. You embrace but, it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and to my surprise, I feel like many other people have, too, because people are watching my videos and and seem willing to listen and learn, and it's been really, really great to see. Well, I have to tell you, <laughs> excuse me, I, I absolutely love them. You know, it's, uh, for me, I'm I'm getting a little older, looking on the downside of life. Uh, <laughs> not that I'm planning on passing away anytime soon, but, you know, you start thinking like, hey, I'm closer to the end of life than I was the beginning of life, and your videos have really helped. Oh, good. I mean, that's what I try to tell everybody. I think people think... Um, thinking about their own mortality is scary. And why do that? Why? Uh, why? And, and to be honest, why is because everyone that I see at my job that does lives better while they're still alive and dies better. That's what I saw. I saw that most people on hospice who were willing to say the scary things like, I don't want to die or I'm afraid to die or I don't know what's going to happen after I die. Even though those things are really scary to say, the ones that were willing to talk about it, even if there isn't a, a, a good answer, just seem to be able to embrace death, which helped them embrace life while they were still here. Right. Absolutely. It's, you know, you relax. I don't want to say you relax about dying. I mean, nobody wants to die, obviously, yeah. but you know, it kind of puts you at ease a little bit, kind of, hey, you know, this is really what's kind of what's going to happen here. Um, and, and, and I just I just really love that about your videos. I think I think your videos are real. I think, you know, it, as a person, you're real because, you know, your videos, you know, you're at home, you're at work, you're in scrubs, you're not in scrubs. You're, you know, you're just you go about your daily life as well, but just enlightening people all over. Thank you. Yeah, it's been it's been really great. And I I was going to say something along the um, along the lines of we were talking about, uh, you know, even just through education. I do think the videos are supposed to be educational. I mean, it depends on what you're looking at. Right. Sometimes I'm telling stories. Sometimes I'm actually giving real information. You know, I don't think people understand that nurses or any healthcare worker that's seeing death and dying day in and day out, they we can educate you about what your death may look like. Like if someone's coming onto hospice with a specific disease, most hospice nurses have seen that disease over and over and over again, right? They, they know how it, how it usually plays out. 
And as scary as that sounds, it actually helps people to know what what to expect, what to look for. So I feel like those videos help as well. Just the educational piece can help decrease fear. Yeah, you bet. I mean, and, you know, the, the thing about it is I, I, it, for the person that's dying, a, a lot of times they they come to terms or they come to grips. Uh, they, you know, they, they kind of get relaxed with it a little bit. But for the sons and the daughters and the, you know, the brothers and the sisters and the grandkids right. and stuff like that, this is where it really kind of ramps up because everybody's scared. Nobody knows what's going on. Uh, let's face it, most people don't really, you don't think about your, you know, you don't think about your parents or your loved ones passing on uh, until you're put in that situation. There's a lot of unknowns that 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 many people have to ask questions and and try to seek out the truth. Right, right. I have a lot of, um, my most controversial videos, I think, are the ones where followers of mine actually send in videos of what what it looked like when their loved one was dying, what I would call a natural death on hospice. And I played these videos on the internet, and then I talk about what what people are witnessing and what they're what what is normal, right? And this is because many people say, this is what my loved one looked like when they were dying, and it traumatized me, and I feel like they were suffering. But in reality, they weren't. They just looked like how it looks to die. Um, you on a, uh, on hospice, like dying a natural death, I would say. And I think these videos, even though controversial, because some people think, uh, you know, it can be a little shocking. But my point is, is that it's truly not that that's the problem here is that people think it's shocking. It's only shocking because we hide it away in our society. And if we can learn what's normal, just like giving birth, giving birth can look shocking, <laughs> of course. Right. But uh, but it's the most natural thing. So dying, especially on hospice, is the most natural thing. But if you don't know what it looks like, if you don't know what's normal, it can be really shocking. So I feel like these videos that I show that can get a lot of heat sometimes and even get censored on social media platforms are so important because people need to know what what it looks like so they can take that time. You know, I always try to say, like, let's make dying sacred, Uh, versus scary. And it can feel so scary when you don't know what it looks like. But it can be a really sacred, you know, it can still be sad, but it can still be a really sacred time if you know what's going on and what to expect. Absolutely. Hospice nurse Julie, can you hang with me a few more? I got to do a little bit of business and I'll be right back. All right. Fantastic. Folks, we are talking with hospice nurse nurse Julie. That's Julie McFadden. You can catch her on social media all over. Uh, She's also an author, which we're going to get into a little bit. I'll just give you the name of her book, Nothing to Fear, Demystifying Death to Live Life More Fully, to Live More Fully. Excuse me. This is KMOX is at your service. We're going to do a little business. We'll be back. Stick around. More to come. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to KMOX's At Your Service. Greg Damon hanging out with you till 10 o'clock tonight. And we got Dr. or excuse me, Julie McFadden. She is hospice nurse Julie, and she is joining us here on the program and uh, really just helping us out here a little bit. Uh, 
kind of, uh, well, just like your book says, demystifying death to live more fully. And again, uh, Julie, thanks for hanging out with us here on uh, CamWax is at your service tonight. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> You're the best. Uh, I'm watching uh, watching one of your videos as we speak right now, the Valentine's Day edition. So, uh, yes. Yeah. So, oh my gosh. So I want to talk a little about. Uh, we kind of talked about, uh, uh, you know, uh, for the for the patient in hospice. Um, what about for the family? As I said, you know, it's the the family may not know what's going on. They they just really kind of uh, get thrown together. Uh, many, you know, if if you have brothers and sisters, everybody has an opinion, stuff like that. Um, I think sometimes that, that the family may interfere because they think their loved one is suffering and wants medication or stuff like that, especially if they're not eating anymore. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's just, there's just so much information that, so one, if, if their loved one is on hospice and there's a big family or small family, whatever, there's always a family dynamic. Just know that hospice is there not just for the patient, but for the family. There's a whole team of people there, a doctor, a nurse, a social worker, a chaplain. All of those people, especially the social worker and the chaplain, I feel like can get underutilized sometimes by the family. But but I want the family to know that they are part of this too. And really, if there's a lot of issues going on or the dynamics are off or people are fighting, there should be a family meeting called with the hospice team so everyone can get on board because, um, I mean, you won't regret it. You won't regret it. You want to be on, on the same team when this is going on. And that's also mentioned in my book. Like you said, nothing to fear. You know, there's a whole chapter called for the caregivers, which is like for the family. And there's a chapter for the patient. So, um, it's kind of all addressed in one, in one spot in my book, but in general, just always utilize that hospice team. That's what they're there for. And well, I think they get underutilized all the time. Yes, I, I certainly agree. I mean, you know, my mom has passed on, uh, well, several years ago, many years ago. Uh, but, you know, my, my dad is still alive. But, I mean, it's going to devastate me when when something happens uh, towards, you know, towards the end of his life. Uh, and, and, and for the family, just to be able to talk to somebody and, and, and kind of exactly. learn about things and, and just put your mind at ease that, hey, you know what, this is the natural way. This is what happens. Yes, yes. There's, there's um, also, just FYI, once your loved one does die on hospice, up to a year, hospice will provide you with bereavement services. So either counseling or group therapy, they provide a whole thing for a year for the family. Oh, wow. Um, I know, I know. Um, I was a hospice nurse for a while before I even knew that. <laughs> so, so many people don't know that. Um, but yes, it's so important to just educate, 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 whether that's talking to your doctor or your hospice company, watching my videos, um, reading my book, listening to this radio station. It's just important to educate yourself about it because the more you learn, the less you will fear. I feel like I can guarantee people that. The more you learn, the less you'll fear. Well, it sounds like uh, really that maybe um... – People should start prepping for the end yeah. of life or pre- pre- prepping for later in life, things like that. Yes. Um, it never hurts. I mean, I'm 41, and my sister knows like things like my password to my phone, to my bank account, to, to my um, social media things. You know, I have things laid out legally. So if something does happen to me, it's not, it's not uh, my family's 
time to figure that out because that is very, very stressful. So if you can get things in order and if you don't know where to start, um, you can start with Google, you know, Googling it, or you can look up again, I don't mean to keep reiterating, but you can watch my videos. You can read my book there or any other resource out there, but just knowing that you need to be prepared and there's no time like the present to prepare. Really, I don't think it's ever too early. You can always change decisions you make, people you make in charge of your in charge of your finances or your health. You can always change that around, but it's really important to get clear. Um, and if you don't do it legally, at least have the conversation with your family. You know, like I know that my mom wants to be buried. I know that my dad wants to be cremated. Um, so even small things like that. So there's no mystery. Yes, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly with that statement, uh, with the whole family as well. Uh, and really, you know, you want to be able to take care of your loved one's wishes. I mean, however they exactly. want, however they want to, uh, you know, buried, cremated or where they want to go or what they and I don't want to get into, um, you know, trust and stuff like that. But I mean, that's a, that's, right, yeah. that's a whole other thing. <laughs> that's important. Right. That it, is really, really important, though. It yes, is, but, but you know, uh-huh. you want to make you want to respect the wishes of of your parent, you know, your parents or your aunt and uncle or, you know, whoever. Uh, and as you were talking about, you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. Nobody knows yeah. the what if. You know, when your number's called, your number's called. Yeah, Doctor Sammy Winemaker is also another uh, person that's on social media, and she always says. Um, uh, Oh my God! Now I'm now now I'm forgetting what she always says. Uh, <laughs> oh my God! It'll come to me. It'll come to That's me. That's right. Well, let's, next question. Let's talk. <laughs> let's talk about your book. Uh, Nothing to fear: Demystifying Death to Live More Fully. Great title, by oh, the way. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I'm so excited about it. It's out for pre-order now. It's coming out officially in June, but um, but yeah, the pre-orders are out, and I'm just so excited. So excited. So what did we talk about in the book uh, for uh, for folks that, that are interested in take, well, pre-order it right now? Yeah. So the book is meant to, this is what I wanted. I wanted a book that people could just pick up and look at a chapter and say, this is the chapter I need today, right? Because if someone truly is end of life or their family member is, someone can't necessarily sit down and read a whole book, right? So it's not meant to be like cover to cover red. Now it totally can be, but it's meant just to help you in the moment. So you can look at the chapter. It says chapter for caregivers. The caregiver can read it and hopefully get some relief and education. Um, but it's a book about death and dying. It's an educational book about death and dying. Um, over the you know the last 16 years of me being a nurse, I was an ICU nurse for many years, and now I've been a hospice nurse. And then interwoven in the book are my stories, you know, of me being an ICU nurse and then becoming a hospice nurse and how it's changed my view around death and dying, how I no longer fear death, why I'm so passionate about it. So it's educational if you need the educational educational piece, and it's hopefully heartwarming and inspiring as well, just with the stories inter- interwoven. Well, let's go ahead and give the address real quick where they can go to uh, pre-order the book today. They can go to hospicenursejulie.com. And then once you go there, you'll see all the different sellers. You know, it's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever you get your book, books. And it go- comes in Audible, Kindle, Kindle like ebook, or paperback, hard copy, whatever whatever you want. All right, fantastic. It's there for you. All right, news, news. <laughs> no, I can't talk. 
<laughs> Nurse Julie, uh, I got to do some, go. uh, one more bit of business, and we'll be back to talk some more. How's that? Great. Perfect. Fantastic. That's Hospice Nurse Julie, and you're listening to KMOX's At Your Service. We're going to take a quick pause here, and we'll be back. Stick around. More to come. KMOX is at your service, coming into the final laps here before 10 o'clock. Greg Damon sitting in the big chair. Ethan kicking out the jams. Producer extraordinaire. How's that? You owe me, you owe me 20 bucks, by the way. Anyway, on the phone, we are talking with our good friend, uh, hospice nurse Julie. That's right, Julie McFadden, author of Nothing to Fear, Demystifying Death, To Live More Fully. And again, Nurse Julie, thanks for uh, hanging out with us here on At Your Service tonight. Thank you, Greg. And guess what? I found out what the, I just remembered the saying by Dr. Sammy. Okay, perfect. Hope for the best. Let's hope for the best, but plan for the rest. Excellent. There Excellent advice. Excellent advice. <laughs> so I want to I kind of talk a little bit about, uh, obviously, uh, when you're in hospice and, and you're ending, you're close to the end of your life. Uh, you talk yes. about some of the stuff that happens um, with, uh, you know, maybe seeing people that have passed on or not eating, things like that. Yes, yes. So there are, you know, there are, our bodies are built to die. That's the one thing I want everyone to know. So scientifically, you know, metabolically, biologically, physiologically, our bodies are built to die. Um, and many things happen to help us do that, which was very surprising to me coming from an ICU setting. So that's one. And then two, there are things that we don't fully understand that do happen a lot at the end of life that we call deathbed phenomena. And one of those things is visioning. And it happens, you know, across cultures, across the world, where people who are getting close to the end of life will start having visions. And it's usually of, you know, dead relatives or dead loved ones, dead friends, dead pets. Um, The visioning usually happens. And this is a true, this is like a phenomenon that I wouldn't have believed unless I see it now like I mean I see it day in and day out of my job it happens all the time it's literally one of the things that we educate our families about so if their loved one starts doing this or seeing these things they don't get freaked out Um, and it usually gives us a timeline because it happens around three to four weeks before death they'll start they'll say you know I see my dad came to me last night and said they were going to come get me, and that it's okay, and they're usually very comforted by this. Um, we don't know why it happens, but it happens often enough that we educate about it. Yeah, my uh, I remember my mother-in-law said that uh, this was several days before before she passed that, uh, you know, that she says, uh, I, they told me I'm not ready yet, but, uh, you know, I still have some more stuff to do here. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, I had a patient say that, you know, he had been worried about, uh, you know, just a normal fear. It's very normal to fear death. And he had been fearing it. And then I made a visit and said, um, and he said, I'm not afraid anymore. My parents came to me last night and they said, I'm not leaving yet, but they're going to come back and uh, not to worry. And he says, and, I, and I'm not worried now. And uh, I just always normalize it, you know. I just say it's, it's normal. We don't know why it happens, but it does happen. And, of course, the family's looking at me like, What's going on? Right. This is this is freaky. <laughs> yeah, this is freaky. What's happening? Most people, I mean, most people say like, I think they're hallucinating. Do they need medication? You know, and I always say no. You know, of course, especially if they're comforted by it. 
if they're not, because there are times when people can have hallucinations or delusions or certain diseases that actually can cause that, that is much different. Visioning is, is always comforting and it's usually very clear. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I don't know, I, I, I still think about, uh, think about my mother-in-law and, and, and stuff like that. And it's just, it yeah. is kind of, it is kind of freaky, but you know, I mean, she was, she was very calm when, uh, when she passed. So. That's great. Yeah. Thank you for being there. I always say it's like one of the greatest acts of love, you know, cause it can be really uncomfortable to and, and sad and, and you can be grief stricken and just still stay and still be there and take care of your loved one. It's, it's a it's a great act of love, and that's why people always think hospice nursing is depressing. But you know, to me, I see so much love day in and day out. It's it's truly inspiring. It's changed my life. I mean, I I am always talking about this stuff because it's so powerful, and I want other people to know how powerful it can be, and they don't have to be afraid. Well, let's talk a little bit more about when you get closer to the end of life. As I said, you know uh, that they kind of stop eating altogether um, yes. where families yes. may want a feeding tube put in. It's kind of like, wait, stop. That's kind of the way it's supposed to go. Uh, their yes. breathing changes and things like that. Yes. This is a good part in my book. And, and one of the main things I love talking about is like I was saying before um, the biology of dying, you know, our bodies are built to do it. And when someone's getting towards the end of their life, um, their body knows our bodies are intuitive and it will start shutting down things in the body that it knows it no longer needs. So almost every single person at the end of life will stop eating and stop drinking. They won't, and if they're awake, they, they won't want it. They'll be refusing food, refusing food and water. And then usually they eventually go unconscious, but that's happening because our bodies are built to die and they know what's going on. The body turns off those mechanisms. So they're not hungry and thirsty it turns on the tired mechanism, the calcium levels go up and the person starts sleeping all the time. That's happening because the body, again, is taking care of itself. And the less we mess with that process, the more peaceful it will be. Because many people want, like you said, want to put a feeding tube in, or if not a feeding tube, IV hydration. And IV hydration is when you put an IV in someone's vein and give them like fluid, which, which they do all the time in the hospitals. But hospice is different because we know that if you try to do that to a dying body, instead of hydrating that body, it doesn't. It doesn't do what it's supposed to do. The fluid will seep out of the vascular system and basically make that person swell up or have edema. Like in the lower legs, eventually the heart can't really handle the fluid, so it'll start backing up into the lungs, and it'll cause respiratory distress. So it actually creates more of a problem, which is so counterintuitive to what, you know, everyone else in the world thinks, right? They think they need hydration. They need, they need to, you know, we need to keep them hydrated. And really towards the end of life, you don't. And we always say, this sounds awful. This sounds weird, but the drier or the more dehydrated someone is at the end of life, the better they will actually feel. The body can actually go into ketosis which releases endorphins, which dulls pain and um, helps someone uh, die more peaceful. And it's not painful to them. So it's just things like that that people, most people don't know, including other healthcare workers. When I was an ICU nurse, I never knew that. I never knew that. It just took being immersed in this, um, in this world, you know, in this end of life world where you learn all of these to me, you know, 
amazing facts about our body, that our body really knows what it's doing and can really take care of us at the end of life. I think uh, you you really said it uh, the best that, you know, hey, we, we want our loved ones to be peaceful. When they pass away, we want them to be peaceful. We want them to be comfortable and, you know, no, no sort of uh, uh, outside medications or hydration or, or whatever. Um, I, I think that's some of the best advice that you give out to people out there that, hey, our body is built, built to die. I, 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 I would have never guessed that. I would have never known that ever without yeah, watching some of your yeah. videos. Yeah. It's fascinating to me, too, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> really, the first, my first year of hospice nursing coming from the ICU, I was so fascinated. I could not believe what I was learning. It was, you know, for lack of a better word, I can never think of a better word, but it felt magical. It was like, wow, our bodies really, we don't have to do much. You know, there are certain diseases where, of course, you have to give medications for symptom management, things like that. It's not, it's not like um, always super easy, right? But in general, the body, just like when a body's giving birth, you know, for the most part and knows what to do, the baby knows what to do, it's a lot like that in death. And it just surprised, it surprised me as much as it did, does anyone else when I first started hospice nursing. Well, we got about a minute and a half left. Again, give us the information on your book. Yes, my book is Nothing to Fear, Demystifying Death to Live More Fully. You can go to hospicenursejulie.com and buy it wherever you get your books. Thank you so much. And absolutely, and if you want to see your videos, again, hospicejulie.com. And uh, yep, got all sorts of stuff. Hospice Nurse Julie on any social media platform. You get your, wherever you get it. <laughs> I'll be there. Well, Julie, I want to thank you so much for uh, just joining us on the program and, and just really breaking down, uh, you know, what happens at the end of life. You have so much information, I, and I can't thank you enough for coming on. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. That's Julie McFadden. My name's Greg Damon. This is KMOX's At Your Service, my friends. We got about a minute left. I just want to make sure that you are prepared for the weather tomorrow before you go out Tomorrow, you never know what's going on. Maybe nothing, but you may have a bunch of slush, ice. It also could be some snow mixed in there, some rain. Be careful when you're out there. I can't stress enough. You know, my biggest pet peeves, as I said, wiper blades and making sure all the lights on your vehicle work. Uh, that's one of the things that I think many people don't check out to make sure all the lights work. And I'm talking about not necessarily so you can see, but it's for other people to be able to see you, especially if it is nasty weather, if it is raining, if it is dark outside, you want to be able to be seen and also see. But the wiper blades are a big one. Uh, I got to tell you, at the shop, we replace a lot of wiper blades. They're only good for about six months, my friends. Only good for about six months. And they come in all sorts of price ranges, and it's something you can do at home. Uh, I would suggest buying really good wiper blades. That's my advice to you. Well, that's going to wrap up this edition of the KMOX's At Your Service. My name is Greg Damon. We'll see you next time. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.